Welcome to the 151st episode of the Young Turfs Podcast from the Viner Fourgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's episode, we're talking about the Turfs' triumphant 74-73 win over the Minnesota Golden Gophers from last night. And of course, all of your Terrapin news on the Terrapin Rundown. But before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by... Allied Party Rentals. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small engine, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linen, shine, and other accessories that you were looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, you can contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, it's kind of a light rundown, as it usually is in the midweek episodes. Uh, the first thing on the docket is the number seven ranked late Terps has senior day Tuesday against Purdue. Maryland sent off four seniors, including Kayla Charles, Blair Watson, Stephanie Jones, and Sarah Vujicic. Uh, Charles ended her Maryland career at a city center with a double-double. And uh, Terps won 88-45 over the Boilermakers and will end their season with their own trip to Minnesota Sunday at four on ESPN2. And the Terps look to uh, win a Big Ten championship in that game. Yes, they do. And a fitting end for a very productive senior class here. Yes, it would be. Uh, wrestling next for wrestling is the Big Ten championships in Piscataway in two weeks. Uh, the Jim Terps host the Terrapin Invitational on March 1st. And uh, Jordan, what's going on with tennis? Uh, not much. They are kind of on a bye week here. They don't play again until March 7th. So they host the Howard Bison. Uh, women's lacrosse looks to rebound from a kind of slow start to the season with a trip to Syracuse on Saturday. That top 10 matchup will be available for your viewing pleasure on the ACC network. Yeah, they really need a rebound win against the Syracuse team that just beat Northwestern. Uh, softball on the field there. The Terps traveled to Tempe to play in the Sun Devil Classic next weekend. Uh, they will play Southern Utah and Arizona State and also a Big Ten foe, Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm not sure if that counts towards the Big Ten standings or not, though, because it's not technically part of the Big Ten season. It's part of the tournament. So that's an interesting little technicality. Uh, but they'll play ASU and Southern Utah twice. And a fun fact, Mason, Southern Utah was in the same conference as NDSU for a few years back in the day. Yeah, and I just want to clear up some confusion. It is actually Southern Utah. I thought on our notes that it was the University Southern, which is in, I believe, in Louisiana and Utah, but it is Southern Utah that the Terps will be taking on. Uh, that is an interesting note, though, Jordan. Um, on the baseball diamond, they steamrolled George Mason 13-3 to on Tuesday. Uh, Maryland's off to a good start on baseball, but they need to keep the good times rolling against the tough bone Coastal Carolina this weekend. Yeah, Coastal Carolina will be uh, kind of a fitting matchup to see where this baseball team is as of right now in their season. They've had a strong start. Uh, men's lacrosse, the number seven Terps, have a, a big matchup against the number five Notre Dame Fighting Irish at one on Saturday. Uh, make it part of an all day all-day event, Jordan, at a college park. Game day uh, in the morning, then some lacrosse in the afternoon, and then uh, maybe head out to Bentley's or Cornerstone, and then uh, back to College Park for the 8 p.m. matchup against the uh, Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, I believe that is uh, Wayne's plan. I know it's probably Bruce's plan, uh, but what are you expecting out of this lacrosse one? This is a big game for men's lacrosse. Yes, it is, and they, they could use the win. Uh, a lot of heat nationally coming on the Terps after some close calls against teams like Richmond, uh, obviously, the loss to Villanova and the win over Penn. A lot of people doubting the Terps. Uh, win against number five Notre Dame would kind of shore up uh, the national perspective on this Maryland lacrosse team. Um, off the non-rev trail, three Terps participating in the NFL Combine this week. 
Uh, those would be Anthony McFarlane, Javon Leak, and Antoine Brooks. Uh, not much uh, word from the combine yet, but I did see that some teams have asked Anthony McFarlane to participate in the wide receiver drills, too. So that's something to watch. Yeah, uh, Anthony McFarland was kind of rumored to be a wide receiver going into Maryland, possible position change there, especially when they were uh, loaded up with Ty Johnson and Lolo Harrison going into um, Texas at FedEx Field before Anthony McFarland really came on as a running back. Uh, he did take some reps at Maryland at wide receiver, but a, a guy that I think is really a playmaker at running back. Hey, want to hear something, Mason? Yes. Something I literally just found out. We have another football commit. Really? So there we go, breaking it uh, live here on the Young Turfs podcast or recorded here on the Young Turfs podcast. Uh, we'll get some news on that and get back to it later in the episode. Uh, Jordan, one more thing here on the rundown. Yes, and this is something, this is one of those things that we try to fit in when we don't have a lot to talk about, but something definitely worth talking about. So three episodes of Unlocked have um, been posted on YouTube since we last discussed the Maryland football documentary series. Mason, I know you've been watching. What have you thought of the last few episodes? I think they're great. I wish they were longer, but really a look kind of to keep the hype rolling and, and shows what Coach Loxley's trying to do and shows what the conversation is uh, right now around this program and, and what the former players are saying. And really, you know, that's kind of moving through, I guess, Coach Loxley's process in, in recognizing how good this Maryland football team should be. Yeah, and they're very well done, in my opinion. They're extremely highly per- – Sorry, have extremely high production value. Um, I really did enjoy the episode where they uh, had all the uh, terps from the uh, first Loxie era, like the first one, the early 2000s one. They all came in and talked Lox up about him as a person more than a coach. And I think it's really important to emphasize that these documentary series so far has really been about the values that he's tried to instill in his players and why they should trust him. And it has me buying it so far. It really does build up Lox's character credentials. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it shows what Loxley is really talking about and what what he wants it to be like. Yeah, and that's important, and I hope recruits see them. Um, I wish they also had some more views. I think like the last one only has like 600 clicks. Uh, people out there who listen to us, seriously, check out the Unlocked Docs. They're really good. They're really helpful to behind-the-scenes look at Maryland football, and uh, I think they're worth watching. Have you found anything on LaRod Husbands, Mason, the newest Maryland Terrapin? Yes, I have, Jordan. 6'3", wide receiver, tight end, 207 pounds, Archbishop Carroll, uh, hometown of Washington, D.C. This three-star recruit on the 24-7 uh, composite is committed to the Terps' uh, 2021 class. Yeah, committed about a half hour ago. I just opened Twitter. That was the first thing I saw, so good thing I opened Twitter. Um, but, yeah, this is – I still have yet to see the tight ends really come into the Maryland um, system. And, you know, every time we get a tight end, I always go back to, I hope we start seeing them utilized more. Um, but obviously we don't know a ton about this kid. He just committed. But the wide receiver tight end combo seems to imply that he's more receiving threat than a blocker. Yeah, that would be it. But a guy that's 6'3", 207, you know, that, that's usually a guy that can do most things. Uh, quick look at the timeline. September 27th, uh, he received an offer from Temple. Uh, then on October 5th, of 2019, an offer from West Virginia. Uh, he visited WVU, and then on January 25th of this year, he unofficially visits Maryland, and then on February 27th, uh, he commits to Coach Loxley and the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, some quick other results for him. He ran a 4-6 in the 40, 
4.4 or 4.43 in the shuttle. He has a vertical of about 31 inches, and then we already gave uh, weight and height. So a solid commit for the Terps and another local one. And, of course, a guy that's not from the area, Mike Miller, the Terps uh, tight ends coach, uh, the lead recruiter, as listed by 24-7. Yeah, um, you don't see that much. Mike Miller just joined last season. Um, I don't think I've seen him as a lead recruiter yet, so that's always a good thing to see. But, yeah, another UMD commit, something that we definitely harped on in the last recruiting cycle was that we like to see more Maryland or DMV kids in general coming into the Terps. So we've definitely seen that for 2021, and hopefully we get more. You know, this is a really heralded class in the D.C. Uh, metro area for 2021, and hopefully the Terps can really sink their teeth into it. Yeah, and they're definitely moving towards uh, doing that. You know, they've been quite successful here in the early going for – uh, 2021, and and it seems like they're moving through it quite well as a staff and, and as a program. And one more thing, a really quick thing I want to throw out there before we really get into the Maryland-Minnesota game, is Aquan Smart, the point guard, or excuse me, combo guard, is actually was known as, but he's definitely leans more towards the point, that Maryland uh, secured the commitment from the other week, or last week, um, is now officially a three-star recruit, and as you know, Mason and I both know, uh, the recruiting rankings are a little bit sub- uh, subjective when it comes to this sort of stuff, but uh, a, a 247 uh, scout did get out to see him and ranked him as a, t- a three-star. So for those who that matters to, that's what we got with him. Yeah, and, and you know, that's something to watch. Uh, obviously, his ratings can go up. He just committed to Maryland, but very subjective, and, you know, I don't put that much stock into that. Hopefully, Coach Surgeon and company knows what they're doing uh, with Aquan Smart, but... You know, it's just one of those things that they're looking to take some shots on some guys here late in, in the process, and, and hopefully they find the right guy at the right time. Let's talk some actual basketball now, Jordan. Yeah, so this was this was a hell of a game, huh? Uh, the Terps come back from a 16-point halftime deficit to take the one-point victory over Minnesota. It was a game that, I will be honest, for the entirety of the last 30 minutes of this game, I did not think we were going to win this. Until that Daryl Marcello shot went up, I didn't think we were going to win. Yeah, and Jordan. Didn't... All right, go ahead. You saw me say that they were going to win the whole time, though. Yeah, and I don't know where the optimism came from from you because that's not your basketball style, but you've really been drinking the Kool-Aid, it seems like, recently. I just think they have a toughness about them, and I think they have a, a rhythm about them that's that's um, different than, than usual, and I think it showed, especially late in this game. So... I guess we start this off with the thing that not dominated the narrative of this game for the first half was um, some, I don't even know if we called Ohio state questionable. I don't even know what to call this refereeing. This was some of the worst, most biased refereeing in that first half that I have ever seen in a big 10 basketball, any major conference basketball game. Yeah. And I was watching um, and, and that's similar to what I thought. I thought it was completely ridiculous. And if Maryland were to lose this game, if they were to not make it, uh, happen, it would have been really hard to say that that the Terps were the team that really fell in this one, but the refereeing did help. But when you look at the total fouls in this one, uh, the Terps charged 18 times, Minnesota 17. Yeah, and that's one thing you can point it to and say, well, it wasn't that bad, but it was that bad because they took Jalen Smith out of the game. They had two fouls on Smith within the first four minutes, and then a complete phantom call on his third foul. 
And I, I don't know if you were on Twitter for this one, Mason, but I was. Um, for those who quite wonder, I usually handle the Twitter account during games. And Maryland's Twitter was having a, even the official Maryland account at one point, was just having a meltdown with the fouls that were being called. Like, a, it was unlike anything I've ever seen Maryland Twitter. It was an absolute, just raged-induced freak-out meltdown. People were adding the Big Ten Twitter account relentlessly. And I don't know if that had to do with it, the refereeing evening out. I don't think it did. But it, um, it was a sight to behold. Yeah, and it is these days. Uh, Terps also shooting more free throws than the Golden Gophers. Maryland, uh, 18 for 22 on their night, 81 percent uh minnesota 11 for 18 61 percent that that kind of sends the game for minnesota uh total field goal percentage the terps uh 37.9 from the floor 25 of 66 in this one uh minnesota really having a nice shooting night 45 percent from the floor 26 for 57 uh the woes really came from maryland from three-point land terps make six but they made them when they counted uh they were six for 28 on the night minnesota 10 threes uh still not able to knock off the number nine terps yeah, Minnesota had an absolute great shooting night, especially in the first half. At some point, I think they were like 7 for 8 from deep. They could not miss from 3. Um, they had, I can't remember the guy's name now, and it's going to kill me the rest of this podcast. Um, I think it was Isaiah, um, I don't know if that's his name, Ian or whatever, number 35, um, like was made 7 three-pointers on the season before this game and made his first 3. He missed the rest of them. But that was just summed up Minnesota. Minnesota could not miss from deep in the first half, and it was killing the Terps. It certainly was killing the Terps more than Jalen Smith wasn't on the floor. But it looked just – it was a bad vibe for the first half. Yes, it was. And the Terps, uh, they head to the locker room down 16, 47-31. It looked like they were pushing uh, hard to get back in at the end of the first half. Minnesota hits a few shots, gets a foul – uh, to go against Maryland. They take a 16-point lead into the locker room. And then Maryland comes out in the second half and, and not much changes, Jordan. No, it really doesn't. Um, for the first chunk of this uh, second half, it did not look any better. Uh, they go into the 16-minute timeout, so down 14. But after that 16-minute timeout, the game kind of changes. Um, not entirely, because it they did get Minnesota got the lead back up to 14, 15 a couple of times, but Maryland starts making shots. At least they start playing better on defense, start rebounding better. That was a big one. And once that eight minute timeout came, it was down to nine points and never came back to double digits. And then Maryland starts chipping into the lead. I still didn't think we were going to win. I, it just did not seem like our night to me. And I think it did. On the other hand, Terps battling hard. Uh, they get, you know, Points from Aaron Wiggins, which I always think is a big push for them. But it's not really falling for anyone else. Uh, Maryland uh, coming off the bench. Choll doesn't score in this one. Lindo doesn't score. Uh, Tomajic gets two. Hakeem Hart gets a point. Um, from the Terps bench, there wasn't much going on other than from, of course, Aaron Wiggins. But you just look at the way the game was flowing. Maryland constantly digging into Minnesota. Minnesota just doing enough to fight the Terps off. I just felt like Maryland was going to get you know a few threes in a row, and they were going to get what they needed to do. A guy that's really coming on strong right now, though, Donta Scott for the Terps, 11 for him in this game. He was in double digits uh, in Columbus. Yeah, uh, the Philly native has really stepped up in recent of recent. Um, of course, you could say Daryl Morcel did too, but uh, to be honest, Daryl did not have a great game outside of his uh, 
game-winning shot. Anthony Cowan struggled in this one. Two for 15, 0 of 8 from deep. Got to the foul line, as always, and made all his free throws. And was a solid distributor with nine assists. But he did not, he just wasn't feeling it. And, I mean, just kind of coming to this point, that when the game came down to it, he did not force the play. And Turgeon said in the press conference that the uh, play was for Ant to drive and get to the foul line because that's what he does so well or create something around the rim, which he also does very well. But he just, uh, Daniel Oturu was on him and he just did not think he had the play. So he passed it off and the ball ended up in Daryl Morsell's hands. And even though Daryl Morsell isn't a great three-point shooter and that was from NBA range, it just felt like it was going in as soon as it left his hands for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to go in, to be honest. Um, I, I believe the Maryland was going to win this game, but, you know, at the same time, that shot just did not look like it was going to fall. And I think that one's really, really kind of symbolic that that was a championship play. You know, championship teams make championship plays. And, and as bad as that one might sound, or as cliche as that might sound, you, you can't ignore it. This Maryland team, time after time, has knocked in shot after shot, and this was just kind of the one that, that you got to focus on and look at. Daryl Morsell, not the greatest offensive player. Not necessarily the guy that you want to have the ball in his hands at that moment. But he is the hardest working player on this team, and everybody on that team will, everybody on this Maryland team and in that locker room will say that. Daryl Morsell shoots the most threes in practice. He wants to be a great player. He wants to win for Maryland, and when you really look at it, Jordan, a win comes Saturday night. This team is a champion of the Big Ten regular season. Yeah, and that is something that maybe we didn't expect going into the season. At least I kind of did. But Michigan State looked like the team to beat the in the country. But they kind of have fallen apart. And a lot of that's for reasons they beyond their control. But the window has opened for Maryland. It's been open all year. And they've really stepped into it. I think what's the – team's record in conference now 13 and 4 in conference they could end this only losing four conference game in this death row big 10 this season and this was yet another performance where you said like minnesota's not the greatest team and they don't have a great home court advantage statistically speaking but it's still hard road hard to win in the road of the big 10 especially when it really felt like the rest were out to get you in this one especially in the first half and they overcame it and Jalen smith you cannot say enough about his impact on the team after watching this game. He changes the entire offensive complexion of this team and defensive. His shot blocking was so sorely missed when he was off the floor. And even in the beginning of the second half when he was playing not to foul, which you got to give him a ton of credit for not picking up a foul until the last minute of the game. It's just, it feels like it's our time. And this was another game that really made that happen. And at least for me, I have to give... Of all people, Josh Tomai has a ton of credit in this game because, yeah, he picked up three fouls in six minutes, and that's just kind of how he plays. But he was solid defensively other than the fouls. And some of those fouls, I weren't really sure if they were fouls or not. It might have just been his reputation. But he played solid. Hakeem Hart played nine solid minutes. Like, no one really tanked in this game. No one panicked, which I think is important. And something that Andy Katz really hammered on the uh, postgame show that I thought rang true is that games like this, where you're down 16 points on the road in the halftime and you come back and win, do wonder if your confidence come March because you can be down by 15 points in the tournament and you believe you can win the game still. Yeah, and that, that one's huge right there. 
Uh, you're looking at a team, and Jordan, uh, I think that, that sends, sends kind of this game uh, to bed unless you have any final points. Uh, I was just going to say, admire the grit, admire the toughness. This team's on a run. You can feel it now, and if you couldn't see it before, that had to show you everything you need to see about this Maryland basketball team. They're not, they're not a team to joke around with. They will win something this season. And, I you know, that's... people can say when they win come Saturday night, which I fully expect them to do, that they're not going to be um, in the conversation in the Big Ten tournament or in March. But you got to give this team credit. There was a time where we all said, you know, this, this thing's over. We need to fire Turgeon and move on, especially after they lost to a Penn State team that turned out to be a very good basketball team. But the fact that Maryland basketball will be holding up the Big Ten trophy on March 8th when they play or March 9th when they play Michigan at home and hopefully cutting down the nets and they actually have a proper celebration, that will be something to see because we haven't seen it now in 10 years. Yeah, that will, hopefully will be something to see. Uh, Michigan State coming up. Um, this is I, – I wish so desperately I was back in Maryland for this one, Mason. Uh, game day is coming to College Park. This was the perfect lead. In. That was something in the back of my head when we after we won. Um, that this was the perfect lead in to having game day in College Park. It really was. It got all the right feelings flowing. Michigan State is kind of heated up since they've uh, played Maryland. They only played two games since they played us. How many games have we played since we played them? I don't know about that one. Um, three. It's three. Um. And but, I believe yeah, they, they won them all, including beating Iowa and um, Nebraska's other one. They beat Nebraska by 21 on the road. Um, they've kind of heated up. They're back in the top 25. This should be a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing game day in College Park. Of course, I'm going to be watching the whole thing. I'm excited. Uh, this should be – if we win this game and – I believe, and I don't know this, so if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I think if Penn State loses and we win, we might seal the Big Ten up for us alone, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, But regardless, it should be a great atmosphere in College Park. Look for Michigan State to play really hard, um, but I think the Terps win, and I think this might – oh, I hate saying things like this. This feels like it could be our year. Yes, it does, and uh, get in price for the Terps and uh, Michigan State right now, 123 on StubHub. Uh, that's, of course, minus the fees, and that's a fairly decent price. Uh, I would expect it to climb as we get closer to uh, game day in College Park. I expect it to, to this should be an electric atmosphere. Uh, if you don't have a ticket for this game, do not have a fortune to spend on it. Uh, Maryland and social media has been doing, doing a couple giveaways, so keep your eyes peeled for those. Uh, but Watch game day. Go out. Go out for game day if you can't go to the game. It should be a, a fun environment. Expecting a pretty large crowd. Um, but go Terps. This was an epic, epic comeback. Epic win. Showed all the grit you need to do something in March. Um, and that's all I got, Mason. Yeah, that's just about all I got too, Jordan. Um, expect to, if you want to go to that Maryland-Michigan game, if you're expecting this team to kind of close out a share of this championship uh, I, I would buy those tickets now. Uh, 135 on SeatGeek for um, Michigan. Uh, yeah, not Michigan State, Michigan. No, Michigan. Wow, I I I'm surprised by that one. But yeah, I guess if uh, 
I guess there are a fair amount of people expecting to celebrate the regular season title there. And, and wouldn't that be great? I mean, I, I just can't wait. I'll be back for that game in Maryland. Right, uh, before we, yeah, before we actually sign off, Mason, tell me what, tell them what you told me the other day or yesterday when we were talking after the Minnesota game. Well, I just said to uh, Jordan the conversation that um, he's referencing that I just I can't believe that in a you know just a short couple of days now almost you know less than a week that I I could be in in the Maryland men's basketball or football you know I didn't know which one was going to come first with this team hoisting a trophy and yes I was there when they played Duke and they won the ACC, but this will be a planned celebration, and I'll actually see one of these teams, Jordan, holding up a trophy, a physical, you know, thing that shows that they actually won something, and maybe they'll, you know, they'll probably wait to put up a banner, they might put up a, you know, cheap small one just to show something, but Maryland men's basketball is going to win something. You know, and it's been so long, and it's been through some really bad years, and I've put up with them. You know, I was there when they lost to Boston. I've been there when they've lost games. You know, I've seen them lose games by 20 and 30 on the road. As soon as last year, you know, last year at Michigan State, Maryland lost by 31 points, I think. And it's just been yeah. a long time coming, and, you know, it's it's crazy that it's in this season when we're all ready to fire everyone, and now, you know, it looks like they will be crowned the Big Ten regular season champions as soon as Saturday night. And that, I think, will leave it as good place as any. Um, obviously, we will be watching Mason. I think uh, I'm clearing out my schedule for all the Maryland events on Saturday. Maybe not the cross, but maybe that'll be my day off. But I'm sure you'll be watching that one. Or my sorry, my part off of the day. I'm sure you'll be watching that one. Uh, go Terps. We got a big game this Saturday. And I just leave it with championship, player, championship teams by championship plays. And that's as best a place to leave it. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors of the Young Terps podcast, Viner Forgates in Rockville. For all of your business, IT needs Viner Forgates. Is your place to go? You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at the number one Viner.com. And as always, Allied Party Rentals. For all of your party rental needs, big or small, Allied has what you need. You can reach them at 301-986-0067 or on the web at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan will be back after the Terps hopefully take down Michigan State, talking about a Big Ten regular season championship more in depth. And hey, if you can't make it out there on Saturday, make sure to tune in. Times don't get much better than this in College Park, and let's keep them rolling. And as always, thanks for listening.